0: Hey podcast listeners, welcome to episode 19 of Serve the Podcast. This episode, uh, it's myself, Jeff Steen, with Morgan Carter. Rebecca Treon is not here today, but in her place, we have another Dining Out team member, Matt Bodo, who's got some experience that's essential to what we're talking about today. Welcome, Matt. Hey. Um, So before that, of course, we're going to dive into food news, and then we'll explain what the content for the show is all about. Morgan, what do we got?
1: Sure, so opening today, this Friday, August 4th, we have Candela Latin Kitchen. It is in the former uh, Central Bistro spot, and it's with the same owners, Isaiah Sal- Salazar, and Jesse Vega is still there acting as executive right. chef. Uh, but they kind of just revamped the concept. I think you know they've been there for a few years, and they just kind of need to refresh it a little bit. And so it pulls on Latin flavors, everything from Peru to Colombia, Puerto Rico, and uh, with a heavy influence more on Puerto Rican flavors, because that's where Jesse Vega is from. Okay. Um, and so it's everything from empanadas, mofongo, ceviche, and they have a little rum room where they're going to make pina coladas, palomas, mojitos, mm. margaritas, everything.
2: Delicious. Yeah,
1: so it opens today. So check it out. Um, next week, and we have a few things happening next week, just to put on your calendar. So the Brown Palace, they are having their 125th anniversary that's next incredible. week. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, they're one of the oldest, uh, well, one of the oldest hotels in Denver, and I think even like they p- bypass a few of the old hotels in New York. So, and Europe too, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, they've been Which around. Grant
0: was telling us, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and they're going to have a, a kind of a weekend celebration starting on Friday the 11th, going into the, the 13th. And they have everything from cooking classes with uh, the executive chef of the Palace Arms, uh, they have a seven course anniversary dinner. And I had talked to. Uh, someone from the Barn Palace, and they had found these menus from like the 1900s, like vintage menus that they oh, served wow. back in the day. Yeah, so they're going to try really and cool. recreate those and like have a seven-course dinner. And I think the dinner, it's going to reach starting on, actually, that the dinner might actually be served on Thursday night, Friday, and Saturday. So you have a little bit more chances to go.
2: Are
0: we dinner. invited? I mean, maybe.
1: Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, hopefully. But I mean, same with, um, they're going to have anniversary tea specials, and they are going to do um, a special, a speakeasy on saturday next oh, cool. saturday um so you know feel free to check out their website we're going to do a little story on them as well kind of mm. going a little bit more into detail so check oh check it out yeah and
0: then actually i was part of the uh the whiskey bottling yep. situation with stranahan so they mm-hmm. partnered with stranahan's for a special 125th anniversary whiskey so uh, i don't know if they're selling that i don't think that they're serving um, it y-
1: they are going to be serving it um at the dinner and i want to say maybe okay. they have like a kind of like happy hour thing in the atrium but they'll they'll also do that and same with the Strange Craft beer that they collaborated with which is going to be 12.5% for the anniversary but also very (laughs) strong Um, and they use the water uh, so the Brown Palace uses just water from like the well underneath the hotel and Mm -hmm. so they Mm -hmm. brewed it with the water and from Strange Craft and now it's coming together so
0: man lots going on yeah 125 years is a lot to celebrate so kudos to them see if you can get your your seat your reservation in place for that seven course dinner because that's going to be amazing Mm mm-hmm And then this is something in-house that we're promoting. It's very exciting, upcoming.
1: It is. It's it's going to be the Velorama Festival. It is going to be next weekend as well, so August 11th
0: through the 13th. And then Matt is helping to organize this too. You know all about this, yeah?
2: Yeah. um, We're calling it the Velorama Food Truck Convoy. Convoy coming at you. and uh, (laughs) Yeah, so we've got about 25 vendors um, that are all going to be um, in a lot. The I think it's the flea market lot uh, that's outside oh, right. Velorama. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be a ball. It's going to be a good time. Good music. Um, yeah, I think bike races, three day event.
1: Yeah, they're going to have Wilco and Death Cab for Cutie are the headliners for music. Um, and then they're going to. I mean, it's like you know celebrating everything about like biking culture, and they're going to have like the huge race kind of run through it as well. Um, but fifty plus exhibitors as well. So it's just going to be. A full day. Which I think, do you need tickets separately for each day or do you just buy like a weekend pass, do you know?
0: I don't know. Okay. But if people go to, was it, com? Yep. com. all the information is on there, ticket information too. We're going to be sending out uh, additional newsletters about that if you haven't received them, um, likely to send out more discounts. So keep an eye out on uh, in your email inbox for more details on that and for discounts. Uh, that should be coming soon. Is that it? That is it. I mean, there's always something else. But per usual, check out diningout.com forward slash Denver Boulder. All our social channels at Denver Boulder for um, news, updates, openings, interviews, all that good stuff. Um, We're actually having a little bit of a tech glitch on our website right now, but that should be up in short order. No problem there. Okay, so for this episode, we wanted to chat about something we haven't discussed yet, really, Not uh, directly discussed anyway, and that's front of the house. Uh, Service and foibles and techniques and approaches, all that good stuff. We've done a lot with chefs and culinary techniques, but we haven't really talked about the service element to the industry. So we're just going to dig into some of the trends that we're seeing in the Denver-Boulder area, the Front Range right now. Pros and cons as we see them. And then uh, basically... uh, Um, expectations of service that we have and that people generally have and how that's shifting and changing. And actually, Matt, I'm glad you're here for this episode because you used to run a restaurant in front of the house in New York City across from Lincoln Center. Yeah. Josephina's, yeah.
2: Called Josephina Restaurant. I don't believe it's there anymore. But it was about a 300-seat healthier American cuisine is what they tried to kind of title it. Directly across from the Lincoln Center, we had to throw down basically we had to do a full turn before eight o'clock every night to get everybody across the street to the Lincoln Center. So it was, Mm. you know, it was a booked house, high wait list, um, fast three course service and, you know. What does Healthy American look like? You know, it was this was back in the 90s, so it was before like a lot of free range and Uh, like, you know, a lot of the catchphrases. So um, the owners of that restaurant were from um, a a restaurant up the street called Josie's, which was one of the first big, Mm. really super healthy restaurants, you know, like um, vegetarian, dairy free um, restaurants. And so we brought that down. We called it Healthier American because you still have to cater to the Lincoln. Lincoln Center crowd mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so there's some people that are like I'm not going healthy you know I'm on steak <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but it was you know it was like free-range chickens and it was um, you know um, farm-to-table you know vegetables and things like that yeah um, but it was also you know just general American cuisine how long were you there uh, gosh I was there probably about five years okay yeah I was yeah. the um, front of that I was the bar manager and um, a floor manager so basically all front of house
0: Yeah. So you started as what to work your way up to that position?
2: Oh, man. In the restaurant industry, I did just about everything. You know, I I started as a busser working at the James Pub and Grill in Boulder when I was in college. Okay. And, um, but there I started as a waiter, um, became the head waiter, um, went behind the bar, started working as a bartender. And then they brought me on as um, a floor manager first. And then I became the bar manager. So it was sort of like, Day into about, you know, like morning into about eight o'clock was my managing shifts.
0: Hmm. Did you have any desire to go back at the house?
2: Um, You know, you cross train um, Mm. at at, at a nice restaurant like that. You know, management training is that you go back and then you work into the kitchen and you work the back of the house and you work everything else. But, uh, um, you know, no, it's no. (laughs) Kitchens are competitive. I mean, they're more competitive now, but even then it was like people were jockeying to be you know um get on food network was the big thing at the time so oh man so it was um it, if you really wanted to get in there and have a say about anything plus it's it's a pirate ship in the back of the house you know it's just <laughs> a, it's it can be really crazy and it's a lot of personalities and there's no such thing as human resources or anything that's pc it's you know right, right it's hot it's sweaty it's fast it's loud and um man you watch people get broken in it's the kitchen the confidential
0: yeah for real yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I was reading some food essays from 2016. Um, there's a whole compilation that I'm reading through. And there are several stories about back of the house shenanigans. People stealing expensive knives and uh, just taking like pounds and pounds of premium steak and cuts of beef with them, like sh- putting them in their pants and like sneaking them out the door before they leave at the end of the night. Just crazy stuff. Like, I mean, I'm sure it gets crazier than that. But, uh, But yeah, the front of the house, not quite so crazy.
2: Well, you know, it's it's a it's like a stage. It's um, you know, no, it's I'm a true. backstage, and then it's on stage. That's true. Um, which is which is actually why I like personally when I go out to eat, I like to sit at the bar right next to the service uh to the service area for the waiters, because for some reason, waiters, managers, everybody forgets that that's not a backstage area. Like you go back into the kitchen, and I mean the. I've literally seen somebody chased by a knife on multiple occasions in multiple different restaurants in the back of the house. Somebody just pulling up a knife and starting to walk across the kitchen with it. You know, you're just sitting there like eating your fries, just like, Oh my God. Like that, that's what happens in the back, back of the house. But it's funny because you know, you'll see your table will be like five feet away. And you'll see the waiter like be like, okay, well, excellent. Um, I've told you about the specials, and I'll be right back with your drinks. Turn around, walk to the service <laughs> bar, and be like, oh, son of a bitch,
0: <laughs> I'm gonna kill that guy
2: he's wearing a stupid jacket with the patches on the card you know. And then you know, the guy's like, excuse me, and he's like, oh, yes, sir. Did you get something on the patch jacket? <laughs> know. So you get to see the reality of it, uh, kind of right there. But that's like the difference between the front of the house and the back of the house. In yeah, my opinion.
1: that's kind of a good way to put it too. And it's kind of like even. Thing like um yeah,
2: metaphor.
1: well yeah, yeah like yeah even like being on stage where they're like oh you know like if you can see the audience then they can see you and same deal <laughs> like with like the site or like even like you know the doors like the big windows are not obviously like same deal it's like you can mm-hmm. see what they're doing back there you can like yep. kind of hear and you know check in what is happening I say, maybe i should sit over there a little bit more often like i'll sit at the bar and like you know because obviously like as the night progresses and the bartenders like kind of get to know you and chat a little bit they'll open up a little bit more so it's not as formal so it's not like oh you know what can i get you ma'am? like you know They just kind of like chill out a little bit.
0: True.
2: That's true. I think it's the easiest way to get a tag on what's really going on in a restaurant because Mm -hmm. like you can have the best atmosphere. You can have the best menu, the best food, the best presentation, the coolest uniforms, the hottest people working for you. But if you're at the service bar, you can see whether they're all happy or they're all just putting on a fake facade. Mm -hmm. And believe me, like your best waiter hates your guts you know it's like it's like (laughs) the best actors are usually the biggest basket cases i mean to be fair like they
0: don't necessarily hate the customer right it's just like the job itself maybe or the the onus of the the, job or do they actually hate particular customers
2: yeah well not particularly no they do hate particular customers okay (laughs) but but no but in general that's not Whenever I've been out with my family and they're like, this waiter is really great. He is really awesome. I'm like, that guy hates our guts. <laughs> He's back there going, oh, yeah, I'll get you more butter. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, well, then I kind bastards. of wonder
1: even having, um, like, with open kitchens now, where you kind of have to, like, maybe watch it a little bit. Because right. I mean, like, there's tons of them out here. But even, uh, I think the last one that I went to, well, I went to Hop Alley, and that's kind of... You walk in, and I sat at the bar, but you could walk around the corner and, like, check out the open kitchen. Yep. And same with Il Posto, where it's literally at the chef's counter. And, I right. mean, it was relatively quiet. You know, they really call out orders and just, like, kind of right. cook and do their thing. Um, but there was an around the corner, you know. So well, you and could maybe walk back there and, you know, do whatever. But. Yeah,
0: I mean, it's it's... That's that's definitely more the thing these days. French seventy-five has got yeah. the center kitchen. It's like there, right in the middle of the right restaurant. in the middle of everything. So there's no hiding anything from anyone. Yeah, Catavella, if you're really paying attention. Yeah, you know, Catavella. That was. I mean, she talked about inviting people back into the kitchen mm-hmm. to check out what they were doing. So that's a little bit more accountability for the back of the house, maybe. Um, and where's you know front of the house people going to hide then if the back of the house is no longer <laughs> Just closed duck off? Under the them. Stand. <laughs> You know,
2: I think it, I think it adds a consistency to service, however, because when there's that dichotomy of being like out on the floor. And everything is nice, and then backstage where everything is absolute chaos. If like, I mean, everybody in every job has to go find some place to, like, take a breathe, you, you know, yeah, a breath sure. for a second, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. go have a cigarette or something. Go punch the wall. <laughs> yeah, exactly, you know. Say, fuck like your dad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, but when you, you know, one of the biggest, one of the hardest parts about it is that there was a couple of chefs that I've worked with that were, like, absolute bears, that, like, the second tickets started coming up, they were complaining, they were yelling, they were mean, they were mad. And, you know, here's this, you know, Fresh from the Midwest, twenty-three-year-old wannabe actress waitress that's just got her first job and is just like, you know, still like can't stop looking up up when she walks through the streets in New York, and like the first table that she orders, you know, the guy's like, "What? What is this? Why would they want what? What is sauce on the side mean?" You know. So it's good. I think the consistency of being able to see what's going on means that mm-hmm. the chefs are held accountable sure. to. Not, I mean, I think originally people were like, "Oh, you can see whether they're like spitting in your food or not," but actually, it's more of like seeing that everybody's acting accordingly, and that we're all here for a presentation and, a, and an experience as a customer mm-hmm. to give the customer, which I love. That you know, that's yeah. why I love restaurants. Mm-hmm.
0: Let's let's take a look at some of the stuff that's happening recently. Like we were talking about this before the show, but there are a lot of well, what I've been calling hybrid service spots around Denver and Boulder and a a lot of pros and cons to this i mean we're thinking of some examples obviously we got um the incubator concepts like avanti where you have how many they have like nine ten different outlets uh
1: something i mean yeah seven to nine i think seven to nine something like
0: that but they've got a couple different bars different levels and you're supposed to go to each concept you order at the window Mm -hmm. you get your food and then you take it to a table somewhere in the space and you get your, your drinks separately, but they do have people coming around and checking up on you and uh, offering to to grab a drink. That's happened to me before um, as well. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm just wondering, do, do you guys have any thoughts on how if that dilutes concepts a little bit? If it affects the, the sort of the impression of it being gourmet or not because you have to go up to the, quarter, the, the window in order or does it matter?
1: Well, and I I actually one thing uh, I went to Avanti last or this past week, and I've always kind of commented like right when you walk in the door, it you know has what the concepts are right behind, like right right at the front, and then there's two people who I'm assuming are hostesses that are standing there, but at the same time they don't see anybody, so I'm like maybe this is like the easiest hostess job I've ever seen, (laughs) but at the (laughs) same time you know like you know people that come in or you know maybe expect to like be sat down and you know have someone to like give them the menu whatever maybe they can kind of explain the concept a little bit better to people and kind of hold their hands a little bit. but I mean, I, I I mean, I I think I prefer a little bit of both because obviously, you know, I don't appreciate it when like everyone's like on top of me all the time. Like, how's your food? How's your food? How's your food? How
0: was that third bite and the right. fourth one? Exactly.
1: I'm like, well, it's currently in my mouth, so I can't answer it. <laughs> um, but you know, at the same time, like, it, well, especially with like a thing like Avanti, like I think it's just made to kind of like explore. Like, I mean, you could literally get you know everything from like, oh, I'll get like pizza over here, and maybe I'll get. A burger here or some, you know, sushi rolls over here. And then it's just kind of meant more for sharing as opposed to just like sitting down at the table, that's your dinner, you're getting what's on the menu. It's like, no, you can like explore downstairs and upstairs and kind yeah. of like make your own dining experience. Um You can
0: wander. Yeah, that's that's yeah. part and of I mean, the thing. I appreciate you know? both. Yeah.
1: You know, like obviously like, you know, if you if you want to go out to a nice restaurant, you know, you could there's tons in Denver that you could just like pick and you know that you're gonna get great service each table time. Table service, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you know. I'm, I'm it's a different experience yeah a yeah different
0: sort of model yeah denver Cent- denver central market is very similar a lot mm-hmm. of these places are popping up it's a similar vein mm-hmm. where you sort of pick your own experience and sort of make it happen for yourself with with some service included sometimes people will bust tables and things like that but not quite the service that you would expect from a higher-end restaurant where it's you know right the and I mean, you sometimes there
1: can be confusion I mean even like Avanti for example uh, like Fridays and Saturdays they are packed like to the max like All the time. It's just crazy packed. Right. So then sometimes it is, you know, yeah, you can go to the bar and get your drink, but obviously the bar itself is crowded and then they, do have servers kind of coming around, but it's not just them like, oh, you know, I have like one or two tables. It's like, well, they have like the entire upstairs section and it's not like, you know, a community table. So it's not like, oh, you know, all of these people, all six people are together. It's all different kinds of groups. So they kind of have to just like keep that in mind. So that can get a little bit confusing sometimes when it's like, okay, well, do I go to the bar and just wait and try and get a drink or do I sit here because I think someone's coming around? So it can get a little muddled that way.
0: Yeah, but I mean, you can take your fate into your own hands and and decide that I'm gonna, I'm going to get a beer. I'm going to make this happen for myself. And there are two bars, too, to mitigate, sort of mm-hmm. to cut down the lines, that kind of thing. Was there, was there that kind of thing in New York? When, you, when did you leave New York, actually? Oh, I left in,
2: like, 2005. Did they have um, anything like that
0: over there that you remember? No. That
2: no. uh, maybe there was something like at Chelsea Piers that was a little bit like there's a couple like there was a few markets and places that right there was like a pick and choose but you kind of like they were all totally separate vendors and everything mm-hmm. and there was there was no continuity to that whatsoever I I think my my only issue with anything like that with so many different choices is that there's like this residual old school 19, like 95 stoner in me that can't decide what I want to eat, (laughs) you know? And so I'm still like, you know, I want a Euro. No, I want pizza. I should get sushi. I should get pizza sushi, you know? And so when there's, you know, the, the sort of streamlining it into going to one restaurant and going, all right, this is what I'm eating. I'm eating Italian right now. Um, but, but I think it's really cool to have that such a variety and such a, you know, unique experience for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, plus it's fun, you know, it's, mm-hmm. I think it's empowering. It, I think people are, are, are more and more into going to a restaurant for an experience than mm-hmm. it is to just be like, you know, hello, I'm your waiter. Our special's today. Mm. My name's Frank. I will be taking care of you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Do, they, do the waiters, I'm sorry, this is waitstaff at, um, I was just thinking about this, at Avanti, do they get tips? Because, I mean, if you're paying, if you're closing your tab at the windows for the concepts or the bar, right, when when right. do they get tips?
1: Well, and that's the thing, because if you, you know, order your food at, let's say, like, the regional or whatever you pay, you can tip, you know, the regional and then go. Right, 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 right. But right, if right. they come and, you know, you order a drink through them, then you'll close the tab through that person or you'll go back uh, to the bar and close it to them. So, like, you know, they'll still get a chance to get okay, tipped out. Okay, okay.
0: I just I just like thought there was a gap there. I was worried for those people. Mm-hmm. Worried. So yeah, there's all that kind of hybrid service happening, and there are different gradations of it. I mean, there's kind of a scale going on. So sometimes you have more attention from staff. We we're just talking about Hop Daddy, mm-hmm. um, and sometimes you can you can go to a counter and order a meal, or you can uh, you can sit down at a table. Mm-hmm. Do they? I don't know if they see you. I think you just pick your spot, right?
1: Um... Well, so the past two times I've been there, it's been around Rocky's game. So I think it's because Oy. it's so busy, they'll seat you. Gotcha. Um, and then other times, like, you know, late at night, they're like, oh, you know, sit, whatever you, sit wherever you want. Mm-hmm. And then here's the menu and then go up to the counter and order. It's like, okay. You know, but then they'll also still have people, you know, bust your table or, Get like a drink order or something like like that for you. Like right. I think I don't know if they change their model a little bit or if they just kind of like flip flop it depending on how many people are in there.
0: That's smart. Actually, it's flexible so that you can sort of pare back some of the. Yeah. Um, you know, if the staff is overburdened with a lot of people, then you know you can speed up the process by having people order at the counter. Yeah. And then they're just taking care of drink orders and whatnot, bussing tables. So that's that's pretty smart, I think. So the, there's also, of course, a lot of traditional haunts. We we're just talking about this um, places where you get service from the moment you sit down. And it's everything from drinks to appetizers, everything in between. Um, there are a couple of ways of doing that. You know, a lot of places will do a single server for the duration of the meal so that you get used to the server you know who to call on. But there are some higher end places that still do sort of captain slash team service. I don't know how Josephina's was, was it like that or was it more
2: um, I mean, everybody works for the greater of the whole greater, you, know, <laughs> yeah. you know, but you have sections and you know, like mm. I'm section one, these right. are these tables. Right.
0: Right. Um, And at Frasco is interesting because I I don't know how they organized it as far as breaking down the dining room, but you know, you'll have one person who comes to you with a bottle of wine and pours it to you and explains to you what the wine is all about. And the expectation is, oh, this is the, the wine expert in the restaurant, or this is the sommelier or something close to it, right? Mm-hmm. So if I'm going to get a new wine at some point over the course of the meal, or I'm interested in that, this is the person that I go to. But what happens is, is the next course rolls around and somebody else comes to your table and pours a wine and explains that wine perfectly. And you can ask them questions about it. So it seems like at Frasca that their education model is make sure that everybody knows just about everything or enough of everything to be able to do everything and that if something is really, you know, an in-depth question they can call on Bobby Stuckey or whatever to come over and, and answer the questions mm-hmm. um, if they don't they don't happen to have the answers but it was always confusing to me because I was used to the single person service, right? Frank mm-hmm. is my server so I'm going to wave Frank down if I need more apple juice or french fries or something like that not the way it is at Frosca and I don't know what other places do that. I think that was, for me a little bit unusual um, I know it's more classical French style service in the front of the house mm-hmm. and it seems to be more a higher end have you guys experienced anything like that anywhere else
2: um, yeah what's the, what's the place that I'm thinking of in Boulder it's uh, well there's 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 one place where it's like every single waiter waits on every single table and it's really confusing so everybody is always like hmm. and it was it was kind of I mean the it, it was uh what is it the High Mountain Brewery, or something like that. Anyway. Oh, Mountain Sun? Mountain Sun. And Mountain Sun, Sun this is my one experience there, was I went in and it was. I don't know. It was kind of a bait and switch because, like you know, cute girl came up and got us started, and then after we put our orders in, it was like three grungy like hippies that like served us for the rest of the time. That's how they I was like, Where yeah. is Trisha? Yeah. What happened? What Phil? Why are you over here right now? <laughs> Leave me alone. I didn't. Isn't it your break time, Phil? <laughs> Get out of here. I don't know. I mean, I come from a. I, I, I'm more capitalistic about service, which is you know, there again, it's kind of like a pirate ship, and you're going after your booty. And I'd if uh, I'm a yeah. server. I want to serve that table. I want to do everything possible because I'm earning my tip. And I was sort of on, when I worked in the restaurant industry, it was sort of on the cusp of a lot of pooled houses and things like that. Mm -hmm. And I was always against a pooled house Mm. because believe me, there's like for every five people that's working, there's two to maybe two and a half people that are not working. Right. And so, you know, and, and, I, I never really discussed my tips with other waiters you know but after the shift you'd hear pe- you know i'd hear people being like oh you know i I pulled 150 tonight that was awesome and i'd be like whoa i did 300 so you know and like like that's a huge <laughs> difference in yeah what people right. are making and it's also you know the tip to me was always something that's like as a customer when i tip you i'm hoping that when i return that you're going to remember me and be like that guy's a good tipper and so go like, to him yeah you know and so like the the whole idea the whole concept of the upfront tip I'm the guy that's like at Starbucks that's like if I'm going to tip at the coffee shop I'm like uh, are you watching okay yeah. Can you got to here goes the dollar it's my it's I, I tipped did you see that I was doing it you know You remember me <laughs> yeah. Oh man
0: that's that's actually the whole tipping thing is interesting and we've covered this in other markets too specifically Chicago where it's become a big deal but the whole idea of scrapping tips all together and then just paying your team a living wage, and that way they're sort of not vying for uh, certain customers or you know trying to uh, um, g- get more business than anybody else on the front of the house. Um, it also evens out, supposedly it evens out the discrepancy in pay between the back of the house and the front of the house. Uh, have you seen that at play? Are you in favor against? I mean, you just mentioned that in the tip schema, you
2: Came out have your preferences. but You know, I mean, I, I like it. I like it if it's, you know... We used to, especially in New York, I used to always talk about, oh, they're European, they don't know, they don't know, they don't, you know. And as a, and as a manager, I would have to, you know, I, one of the things that I did too, that I did as a service to the to the wait team was like, listen, if you get into a bind, if somebody's under tipped you, and you've, you feel like you've been on top of the table and you've done everything, you know, stay ahead of it, and I'll approach the table, I'll go and ask them, hey, was everything all right with the service here? Right. And especially if you know, there's. I don't know. I I used to always say the the Europeans, they do know. It's like they do know, but they just choose not to know and do it their way. Mm. Uh But but at the same time, you know, I I had to confront that every once in a while and be like, you know, it's it's traditional here to – tip 15 percent on your bill and they'd be like oh here's one dollar you know and uh,
0: (laughs) i cannot do math
2: so but i but i'd be all for like you know i'm all for a place if you took tipping out of the equation i'm all for a place where everybody's making a living wage and everybody's working for the greater good of the greater whole yeah and you know and that you don't have to think about it like you Mm. i think that that takes away from it it you know I've eaten at a million, I've, I've eaten out with my mom a million times. And she's always still like, so what, what do I tip? What, what, what do I tip? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> but, good, but, mom. but there's some <laughs> expectation, Jewish, the <laughs> just to clarify, <laughs> just, just, for just, listeners. When we're just anyway. <laughs>
0: um, but there's, there's sort of the, this it's interesting part of the discussion has been in the past that yeah. Okay. You take away tips. Everyone gets a living wage. The expectations are the same for everybody and that's reasonable. But then on the diner side, you have no leverage anymore right? If, if you know as as, uh, waitstaff, if you're serving a table that you're you're essentially giving service that's going to determine what you get paid at the end of the meal, right? What your tip is going to be. And if you don't have that, if you get paid the same way either way, whether you give them crappy service or good service, then why would you care? And what leverage would the diner have to make sure that they get good service because they don't have that tip to give anymore? So I've definitely heard that argument against sort of the flat livable wage for everyone working in the front of the house. Uh, I don't know valid that is i mean there are examples of of restaurants that have been successful um and not had that problem uh while getting rid of the tip but but i don't know i think it could be a concern at least transitionally in, in a restaurant that used to used to give out tips yeah. or used to. Or they might be the a little system. bit
1: more selective especially now that they're paying people a little bit high, well higher wages definitely obviously like you know you oh could, and their are stat- yeah 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 and i mean and that might weed out people at the same time like you know i i guess i kind of makes sense in a way um and, but I don't know if like that would just be, you know, a table just like coming up to the manager, be like, yeah, you know, like it wasn't like that great of service or whatever. Or yeah. like, same deal if like, you know, someone comes are like, how was your meal? How was everything? And, you know, I, I feel like if you're probably getting like constant complaints then, then maybe that person might get weeded out after a while, but I'm, I'm not sure.
0: It's true.
2: Yeah, that's true. So that's, that's well, th- th- I think there's, there's two things to say about that. Number one is that, I mean, it, when, when you're, you know, you have to pay like, a Minimum minimum wage for waiters if they're getting tipped out, right? Which most of the time turns into like most waiters that are worth their weight get like a negative check, it says like negative you know $13 or something because the amount of money that they've made in tips that they've claimed. And this is back when you wouldn't even claim all of your tips, like you just have to complain, uh, claim like a certain amount. Um, so the, the, the philosophy of the owners that I worked with were like, Hey, it doesn't cost anything to keep them, keep them around. Yeah. And so if the, if all of a sudden the owners of the restaurants are thinking, Oh, you know, this person cost me this much money and this, it makes it a little bit more complex, um, and harder on the waiter. Um, hmm. but you know, on the other hand, it's, I, I think if you take that, in my opinion, it's not a matter of whether you get good service right away or not, but in the long run, you know, there's always the philosophy that if you have a bad meal, you're going to tell 10 people. If you have the best meal possible, you're not going to tell anybody. (laughs) I mean, I could go go out right now and have the best lunch that I've ever had in my life. And if I come back and you guys aren't here, uh, oh, well, a tree fell in the forest and I'm I'm full, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know.
0: Yeah, that's sadly true. That's sadly true. People love to use Yelp to rag on people, but I think it's it's much more seldom that they oh, use it to praise. Yeah. But that's, yeah, that's its own own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm curious about digging into some of the expectations of service, and we talked about various tiers, kinds of restaurants. Um, is is there, in your guys' mind, is there a, a type of clothing or attire that's absolutely unacceptable? Um, like, say, say, for example, that you're at, uh, I'm trying to think of an example here in town, like you're... Grabbing a meal at Bistro Vendôme or Rioja, what what is what's really going to turn you off or set a put a bad taste in your mouth about the quality of the restaurant or make a bigger impression if, say, wait staff, somebody in the waitstaff is wearing X,
2: black pants and a white shirt, that's going to turn you off. it's oh, just, just, just it's it's the, it's the uniform. <laughs> You're I'm like all so boring. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean. And it's a tie boring. Around apron.
0: Yeah. A tie around uh, apron. Yeah, exactly. I don't
2: know
1: if there's anything I mean, I think, you know, if you go to some places like Beast Vendôme Dome or Ocean Prime or Frasca or whatever, you know, what mm. I mean, you kind of assume that people are gonna look a certain way or they're gonna have like some sort right. of uniform. Or you like eight oh one chop house. Like they had like a like a legit like double like vested, three piece suit or something yeah, like that. Yeah, which out. I'm like, oh god, you're probably like burning up under there. Yeah, that's true. Um and I mean, you know, like you kind of expect that. Uh but I do think a lot of places are kind of like veering towards a little bit more casual. Like for example um, Annette's and uh, in the Stanley Marketplace, like they recently mm-hmm. just got named like one of the like best restaurants in the states by Bon Appetit, like this past weekend. Them in Denver Central Market, um, and same with Denver Central Market. Like no one there. I mean, maybe they'll wear a shirt with like the logo on it, but no one there is like you know in these kind of like intricate or I guess simple at the point like button up shirts and whatever. You know, they're just kind of wearing whatever. And I, I will even say with Annette's, it's kind of like they don't have a set. Uh, like everyone looks like hipster nice. In a way, like everyone's attractive it's and everyone nice. is like, yeah, but like, it's just like, but it, it's kind of like, it just lends itself to a look where it's like, yeah, they're kind of like casual and laid back, but at the same time they have like, you know, some of the best food that there is in that area, you know? So, I, you know, I don't know if uh, there's anything that like necessarily like turns me off. Cause uh, you know, even if I go out, I'll see people with piercings and I feel like years ago, like that was like an absolute, yeah, you have definitely. to hide it. Same with tattoos. Like they are out and about. And I mean, maybe if you work in like a fine dining restaurant, they might ask you to cover it. But now,
0: I mean, yeah, like if you walked into Colton Gray for the first time and you saw somebody with uh, shorts and a neon orange Chuck Taylors and
1: right, that, well, muscle yeah, shirt be or off.
0: something, yeah. you know, I mean, I guess like you would still take service from them. I'm assuming right. like still there's, there's still a level of service that they can provide that has nothing to do with their clothing, obviously, and the food as well. But but would it put a bad taste in your mouth? Like, would you say anything about it?
1: if I'd say I think well I mean maybe it, it might be like off enough maybe for me to comment on my own but I don't know if I would you know like you said like I wouldn't leave because someone's like oh they're right. not wearing the right shoes in here you know whatever. Bring me a free drink. Right exactly like how dare you <laughs> um, so I don't know yeah I think yeah it might just be like off-putting but I think if anything now since we are kind of straying away from like, a certain, you know, like, you have to wear this at a restaurant, like, I I, kind of feel like each place has, like, their own kind of vibe in terms of clothing, where it's, like, okay, like, you can wear jeans, but, you know, don't wear jeans with holes in it, okay, you know, you can wear this kind of shirt, but, like, you know, be be a little bit more on the modest side, and, like, yeah, you can have, like, you know, your tattoo showing or whatever, but, you know, don't wear, like, a sleeveless shirt, like, it's just, I don't know, I feel like each place kind of, like, has its own vibe, like, people dress way differently, you know, at, ace than they would at, well, I guess like Steubens, like Ace and Stevens would like relatively be the same, but like obviously so different from Vesta. Vesta, yeah. You know,
2: so.
0: Well, what about uh, Josefina's? Like, was there absolute prohibitions?
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, we had, you know, it was black pants, white um, white yeah. shirts, um, a tie of your choosing. Um, I could be know, mm-hmm. Burgundy apron, you know, crummer, that type of deal. Um, okay. I don't know. I mean, if uh, the only thing that really puts me off from a restaurant is if they've got bad uniforms, you know, like if your polo—it's everybody's wearing like a hot pink polo that says Chubbies on it. <laughs> <It's>, you know, <laughs> just uh, uh, you know that 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 immediately sends a message to me that I've like downgraded whatever type of a, uh, you know.
0: I, it almost sounds like you're kind of against uniforms. Period. Yeah, in front of the house, I,
2: I'm uh, I'm with Morgan in the sense of like I. I like it when I go into a place and I see people that I'm like, these are all people that are really cool, and I wish I was them, you know. Mm. And uh, hipster cool, man. I, mean, <laughs> I can't pull it yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. You know, but if they look good, if they've got a good, if they've got a good vibe, um, you know, if they look like they're casual and they're comfortable and yet they're professional, um, I prefer men not to be wearing yoga pants. Um, Just, in general. Just no, a personal a general preference. No <laughs> Lululemon, everyone. Yeah. Put off, but uh, yeah, you know, there's certain things. I, I, I don't know, you know. It's but I, but if I go into a restaurant and I see that they've got like a unless it's a super super nice restaurant where I'm expecting that, you know, if it's mm-hmm. really fine dining where you expect that everybody is dressed to that to that level, but. Any other restaurant, it just makes me uncomfortable. I'm like, oh, if I was that waiter, I'd be so angry right now. Like you remember wearing that outfit in the middle of the summer and having to go out on the patio and just like, like I'm like, I'm I'm as I'm as sweaty as if I just walked out of like a gym that was built inside of a sauna, and yet I'm serving your food. Like that to me is uh, uncomfortable. Yeah. And when I see somebody that's like on a nice summer night that's out on a patio that looks like they're casual and they're comfortable and they're serving you really great food. We're all having a great experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, everyone well, everyone has their thing. And I think also to Denver and Boulder, uh, might be a little bit different. Um, iconoclastic perhaps yeah. in in the dress expected We're, at certain relaxed restaurants. At all times. Yeah, no, and I mean, I like that, winter, honestly. You know. But, you know, it, it's got to go both ways, I I, I think, um, which is an interesting way to look at it, because it's not only okay. I mean, if it's okay for the front of the house uh, guests to be casual in their dress, mm. then why wouldn't that hold true also for the staff? Um, so I don't know, just something to think about. And I don't have any particular preferences, but it just got me thinking, what are my expectations in my own head when I walk into a certain restaurant? Like if I walked into Frosca and somebody was wearing jean shorts and a Mm t-shirt um that would well that'd be weird it would yeah yeah so um how would i respond i don't know but um it's just just something that i've been thinking about and then of course there's the the constant perennial question how soon should a server server check in on you and then how frequently thereafter i i mean is there a time period after which you're like i'm i'm done i'm leaving the restaurant because i no one's come to the table
1: I think my only thing is like when I'm done is if I sit down first and let's say like someone comes in later and they sit behind me and then they get talked to first, then I oh, get a mad. Yeah. That, That's the worst. Then you're just like, well, and I went to, uh, I mean, I went to something recently and it, and it was kind of like they they had reservations, but then when I got there, they're like, oh, wait, what's your name? And they're like, you know, they're like, where do you want to sit? And I was already sitting down. I was like, oh, I mean, I can move. They're like, no, nah, this works. And they just like walked away. I was like, okay, cool. So it was a little, you know, like disjointed a little bit. Um, but like same deal, like, you know, like they came around and like got this other person's drink order. And I remember like my friend and I looked at each other and we just kind of flagged and we're like, we haven't got anything yet. Can we just order something from you? He's like, oh yeah, you know, sure. Like it wasn't his section, but it's a communal table. So I'm like, well, is it now? I don't know. But like, that's the only mm. word I'm like, like that's, I mean, that's, a, I think a pet peeve for anybody though.
0: Yeah. No, it's very true. Or getting your food, you know, after somebody who came after you. Yeah.
2: Um, that's, yeah, that's, that's
0: really frustrating. My-
2: my rule, and especially when we were slammed, like when you when you get slammed in a restaurant, there's, I mean, it's it's like the Poseidon adventure. You look out and all of a sudden there's this huge wave coming. You're like, oh my God. And <laughs> <laughs> you just know Poseidon. the whole that place is flipping over. Yep. Um, but you know, my rule of thumb is... As far as like how often do you go up to a table how often do you pay attention to the table that's that's got to You've got to be a human being about that engage that mm-hmm. you know if t- if there's a couple that's sitting there breaking up Don't keep checking in on them but um, then How can you
1: live tweet their breakup you don't know what's happening? <laughs>
2: um, but the but the one rule that I had that you know that like when you especially when you get slammed is Just say something to the table within the first 30 seconds of them sitting down right that's all you have to do like you have no idea how much that calms people down because, yeah, as opposed to any other industry, the biggest problem with the restaurant industry is that people are hungry. You know, there's an urgency there. I want food, you know, like, and you know, in retail, it's like, okay, you can hold off for a second, it's Christmas, you'll get your gap shorts in a second, you know, like, <laughs> but, but it, but when they sit down to eat, they want to be acknowledged because they're hungry. And whenever I would get slammed, it saved me. It saved me all the time 100 of the time which was just walk by the table and just be like hey what's up i'm matt i'll be right with you right and now i've just bought myself at least three to five minutes like if they're really right, antsy right. they might and but i've said something to you and you feel great and if i don't say anything to you if i just keep walking past you and walking past you and you finally have to wave me down We've got, uh, you know, 30 minutes to an hour and a half of really awkward time with each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly.
0: Exactly. And I think for me, um, it, it really just depends on the restaurant. But if I don't, if no one comes to the table and even says anything to me after 15 minutes, oh yeah, I'm tempted to leave. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. tempted to leave for sure. Um, it doesn't happen that often, but every once in a while you know like you said just acknowledgement would be all it all it would take so that you you know i'm here so you're going to get to me um, as soon as you can.
2: I think that's in any service industry. Yeah, probably. Yeah. You just acknowledge that somebody exists in your place of business. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I walk out of I walk out of any store if I walk in and it's like there's two people sitting there that are like, oh, yeah. So anyway, I was gonna go do my thing. <laughs> oh, here's a customer. I guess you know it's like <laughs> what? Don't you have something better to do? Yeah. You know, I'm if, just like if, hi. If, at nothing else, just be like, hey, what's up? So anyway, you know, that reminds me of
0: April on Parks and Rec. (laughs) (laughs) Totally, totally reminds me of April. Anyway, so what about what about the check ins? Obviously, they come, they take your order. Assuming all of that goes well, you get your order. There is it's I just feel like it's the norm. This is how people are trained. Get one bite in your mouth. How's everything going? Is mm-hmm. it taste good?
1: Maybe that's what they want. They're like, we really don't care about your answer. I just wanted to acknowledge that you had your food. Okay, goodbye. And then they just. Said,
0: I don't so know, maybe, maybe. But it's, I mean, how am I going to know that my dish is good if I just put it in my mouth? Or often it's before I've even tried it.
1: Yeah. Well, even last night when I went out to dinner, um, like the food came out, and obviously I'm taking photos of my food because I'm a millennial and you can't stop me. <laughs> so I was doing that. And Follow so sure enough, the like, how is everything looking? Because he saw that we haven't even, you know, we weren't even eating it yet. And yeah, I was like, oh, it's yeah. great, you know, so far. Um, you know, I mean, like and I think same deal, like you just have to gauge it. Like, you know, as a server, like you can tell like if like they're eating, if they're like having a good conversation, you don't want to interrupt that necessarily. Um and there's been a few times where like after each course everyone's like how is everything? How is it? How is it? How is it? How is it? And sometimes like, it's it's good. It's great. It's wonderful. There's only so many ver- like, you know, things I can tell you to describe that things are fine. You know, so I'm like, oh. I'm running out of words. Little, essentially, you know, and then they just kind of like linger and I'm like, oh, do you want me to like tell you like why it's great? I'm just going to eat now.
2: So
0: did you ever get like get someone snap at you at and in the restaurant biz when you checked in with them, like just leave me the hell alone kind of thing?
2: yeah i mean i I saw a lot of other people get snapped at like that i i'm 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 i consider myself a pretty good judge of character and vibe um so you know i was i i pretty much knew you know the check-ins were look at the table stop for a second you don't have to run up there and start engaging look at Mm. them and if they're looking around they probably need another knife or you know they drop something or they need or I can't, I personally, you know, just on the subject, I can't stand the phrase, how's everything tasting? Like, like, uh, I feel like, like well, I, especially when they say it like that. I feel like some corporate guy at some corporate place in the middle of nowhere that doesn't even have restaurants came up with the idea of saying, How is everything tasting? And so when they say that, it's like, I feel, you know, How wow. is your mouth with your teeth chewing your food <laughs> onto your tongue and all of your, you know, like, it, it just feels weird. And, I, and, and that's where, awkward, again, yeah. it's like, I'd much rather have somebody come up and go, Everything cool here? You guys good? Do you need anything? Um, and that it's a little bit more casual, you know, as mm. opposed to, you know, how is your steak? It, you, they say that at like steak places. Is your steak prepared the way you would like it to, to be prepared when you asked for it to be medium rare prepared? <laughs> and you're like, ah, uh, man. And again, like, haven't even cut into it, dude. You're not paying attention, are you? Like,
0: or you didn't order steak and you've yeah. got like a shrimp scampi in front You're of like, you. This is soup, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, front table. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's that's the other thing that made me think of this. But um, Outback Steakhouse, which is like a mid-range you know restaurant, I guess you'd say, they always do that thing where they slide into the booth with you. Like they're your buddy have you experienced oh, this Ooh, no. and they're I like the so squad. my name's alice how are we all doing the night let me let me get your little blooming onion going for you mm-hmm. and drove my n- dad nuts just oh. i am not your buddy get out I'm of my chair i'm not your buddy
1: i'm
2: not your friend get out <laughs> <laughs> get out all right <laughs> like the, you guys can't see this but the waiter squat where they come up and they go oh yes yeah. <laughs> oh the <laughs> right in front of the table squad <laughs> and like, kind of, like, like, you're like what are you doing are you, did you dig a hole are we in the woods <laughs> <laughs> what is happening? Why are you squatting next to They're just warming my table? up their quads, you know. <laughs> yeah. just, just Stretching those muscles. Just, I just want to get close to you. Well, please don't, <laughs> um,
0: you know. It gets a little awkward sometimes. Yeah. I mean, only some places do that, but that's definitely like,
2: what are you doing was not expecting you to sit next to me. Yeah,
1: I don't think I've ever had that happen. I mean, oh, like, really? I've, like, invited, yeah. like, you know, chefs and waiters, like, hey, like, you know, can I ask you a question really quick? Like, you know, feel free to sit down, but that's it.
2: Tell your dad to stay out of the strip clubs. They don't do yeah. anything. Yeah, that's my
0: dad's problem.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All the hooters of the world. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> we should tell him about Diamond Cabaret. No, we shouldn't. Yeah. no. Nope. <laughs> no, we should not. <laughs>
1: You'll never see your father again. <laughs> oh,
0: God, I don't want to think about these things, you guys. Such awful, oh. awful things. Um, there's nothing else really that comes to mind on the service side. Are there any? Are there interesting anecdote, anecdotes that you
2: have from your time in New York that are worth sharing, that? Um. Man, I've I've have i I've seen some crazy stuff. Um Do tell. uh, Well, I I saw a busser and a manager get into a fight right in the middle of the floor. Like they started yelling (laughs) at each other, they dropped everything. It just went at it and it was like Like an actual fist fight? Fist fight. And I was like, Oh my god, this is crazy. (laughs) Like And then um, you
1: walk by your table like how's everything
2: tasting? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Entertainment is free this evening. Are you masticating your food well? (laughs) (laughs) You know, like come up with a really bad line. Um you know, I, I think it, uh, probably my my favorite front of the house, well, at least my favorite front of the house story was when John Voight came in, who and mm. and it was like it was before and and he was with Angelina Jolie, but she was a teenager at the time, like she was, was like pre Gia, and she was just an angry young girl, <laughs> and, and he came in and he goes, uh, hello, I'm John Voight, I'm an actor. And we're like, yeah, we, we get it. We get it. We just, you know, it was <laughs> it was one of those like, all right, John Voight's here, you know, but like he had to like tell us what his title is. So I was like, hi, I'm Matt. I'm a host. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I will get VIP service this evening, please. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. I don't think we have too much of that in Denver, Boulder, at least not yet, but uh
1: yeah. Well, what was it like? Bill Murray was here like a few weeks ago. Uh,
0: that's right, he was. Yeah. I mean, you know, and we had the DNC here, so we had some big names come through town mm-hmm. for sure. But okay. I think most people buy into the Denver cash, Boulder cash scene. Like they're not expecting the pomp and circumstance you would find in a New York or
2: L.A. or Chicago, perhaps. Mm. I do have. Okay, I I got one really good story. Oh boy, yeah, let's it. hit us. So I was I I, I um. Did stand-up comedy in New York. That was my thing, which was why I was a waiter. If you
0: listeners can't already tell that he's good (laughs) at this.
2: Um, And um, so so I was was just waiting tables at this restaurant on the Upper West Side. And it was before it got really busy, so it was like sort of earlier. You know, you don't really get busy until like 8 o'clock. And it was like 5.30, and we just opened the doors. And Jerry Seinfeld and Colin Quinn come in. And they get seated, and they get seated in my section. So we're in the back, and everyone's like, oh, Matt, Bodo, dude, they're in your section. you got to tell them you're standing. you got to tell them. you (laughs) got to tell them that you stand up. Oh, this is your big break. And I'm like, no, this is not my big break. Mm -hmm. Let's just get one thing straight. I'm going up to the table. I'm taking their order. I'm going back. I'm getting their food. I'm bringing in their food. I'm bringing them a check, and I'm getting the hell out of there so i go up and i like start everything and i'm holding true to everything and i finally go up to i tell them the specials and i go back to get their order and i go uh gentlemen are you guys ready to get started with something and colin quinn looks over and goes yeah appetizers i I love these appetizers (laughs) i'm gonna have them i'm gonna have the blue corn calamari and i'm I'm gonna get some crab cakes seinfeld honest to god goes appetizers funny Uh, I hate appetizers. If anything, they're de appetizing They should be called de-appetizers. Oh What's the deal? And yeah, and he's he's they're doing a bit with each other. And I'm like Roger Rabbit, where they're like knocking on the wall shaving a haircut, and I'm on the other side of the wall going just waiting to do this, and I can't resist it. And I look Jerry Seinfeld straight in the face and I go. And I got like razor blades from the guy. Like he just, he looked straight up at me and he was gonna kill me. And Colin Quinn saved my life at this very moment. Colin goes, oh Jerry, this weight is busting your balls. (laughs) And like from then on, like we didn't talk for the rest of the time, we didn't do anything. It was like, I just served their food and got out of there. And I was so embarrassed. And, um, And then about three months later, I was at a comedy club and I was working and they asked me to do a couple extra minutes. Um, usually when like a celebrity comes into a comedy club, they want to keep the people at the tables and keep them working and like, uh, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. give, give the waiters an extra few minutes to get drinks on the table so that this, so that like Robin Williams can come up and work for a half an hour and everyone's just like, what? So yeah, they found me and the guy was like, you know, Hey, you got an extra, you know, 10 minutes to set. And I was like, sure, man. Yeah, I'll do anything you say. And he goes, okay. He's like, uh, comes backstage and he goes, Jerry Seinfeld, this is Matt Bodo, Matt Bodo oh. this is Jerry Seinfeld and Jerry Seinfeld. Jerry Seinfeld looks at me and he goes, Oh, I know you. The waiter. Oh God. And I was so embarrassed. I was like, and he's like, no, have a great show. Go, you know. And that, that was like the end of our our interactions, but he was really cool at that point. But yeah, that was a, that was a that was a tough situation. Oh
0: jeez. Uh, comedians in cars getting caught. Good coffee.
1: Lord, yeah.
2: Oh my God. I can't um, believe
1: he got mad at you for that. Cause I'm like, clearly, I'm like, you're doing a bit.
2: <laughs> like, you know what though? um i'm probably only about the seven million three hundred and seventy nine thousand uh, yeah. person yeah. that's gone you know he's probably literally had people run up to him with like babies <laughs> on the street and start thumping behind him as he walks
0: <laughs> the life of a celebrity yeah oh man okay. good times well those are better stories than we've got Than i've got anyway
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah I i've never had, interacted like a with a job. celebrity never well like two and it was like never like, I don't think anything really bad happened to me, so that was good. No, I've never worked. I've
0: never worked front of the house. No. You guys were talking about how everyone should should work in a restaurant. Oh,
1: easily. Yeah. I think it makes you less of a douche. Yeah,
0: oh, sorry. Certainly appreciate <laughs> it. Is. Like, I
1: mean, it does. Appreciate
0: like, both sides of it, yeah. probably. And I can appreciate more on the back back end, on the back of the house, but not the front of the house so much. Don't have that exposure. Yeah. I mean, I feel like patience, I'm a, just right? a
1: lot more patient, and I just don't. I mean, yeah. you know, they're like, oh, I'm so sorry, you know. I'm like, okay, I'm like, cool. I'll be here, you know. Whatever, I'm like, like obviously. God I'm like, damn really that guy like that on no table more. three. Yeah, I'm like, you know, I might just like head out and like get something else, you know. But I, I don't think I would ever like yell at a server or like get you right. Know, right. Like, like, come on, like so. I don't know.
2: Well, it's two different breeds of people too. I mean, if yeah. you, it, you have the you have the servers that go and they train back in the kitchen and they're like, I don't want to be back here. Like, this is hot. This mm. is horrible. I want to interact with people. And then you put a you know, put a somebody that works in the kitchen out onto the floor and they're like. I don't want to talk to these people. I just want to cook food, you know? Like, Yeah, leave me that's alone. true.
0: That's true. Mm-hmm. Two different breeds. Although increasingly, I feel like at least chefs to cuisine and executive chefs have to make a point of coming out front and being like, hey, hello, my name is so-and-so. How was your meal today? And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if you didn't like it, don't tell me. I don't really want to know.
1: Right. Exactly. That sometimes <laughs> feels really
2: forced, though. Feels oh, like it the,
0: does. Yeah, I'm sure for a lot of them it does.
2: Hi, uh, is everything good here? You know, they're so uncomfortable because <laughs> they're these, you know, How's your mastication going? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Crazy introverted like food artists that just like, you know, it's like they feel like they're doing Jackson Pollock in the back, you know, with <laughs> with scallops and you just don't want to talk. Yeah, it's our strength, you know.
0: But any last words about where Denver Boulder is going on the service side? I don't feel like we're we're trailblazing in any particular way. I would like to think that other markets are doing some of that hybrid service that we're, you know, seeing here and I just think it makes sense for a lot of the concepts that we're rolling out. I think it's interesting too that you have empires that are building here in Denver happens in other markets too but you you know have a lot of like the high ends and then the same chefs are experimenting with more sort of daily run of the mill concepts. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, for example, Frosca, they got Pizzeria locale, mm-hmm. which is definitely more like a daily. I just had them for lunch, actually. Mm-hmm. Or like Cholan, and
1: they have Kaya Toast, yep. Kaya, Kaya Kitchen. Mm-hmm.
0: And Avanti, right? Lon Cementsma. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Tag, same same thing. Jennifer Jasinski, her stuff, too. I mean, there's just a lot of, of opportunity there. Um, and I think it's interesting to see their service styles change a little bit. Although, I think for most of the ones I've seen, if they start with a certain s- service style, then it sort of carries through to the other concepts. More or less, I mean, there are changes obviously, mm-hmm. but yeah. you're well, I think with just
1: Denver and Boulder, I mean, you can, we're just one of the, I mean, we're just, we are casual. I mean, you could yeah. go out to Rioja in jeans and no one's mm-hmm. gonna like scoff at you if you walk God, in the door, that. you know, or even like I did the dining alfresco and same deal. I mean, like I dressed up, but like, you know, everyone's just kind of casual just wearing flip-flops just because they can. No yeah. one, you know, un- Well, and even like, you know, if you go to LA, it's like same deal. Like, you know, I would prefer to dress up, but they're not going to turn you away if you're not, you know, well, obviously like, you know, if you're like really like dilapidated, maybe, but at the same time, like, you know, if you're just wearing like a t-shirt and jeans and like maybe nice shoes, like sure, whatever. Like no one really cares.
0: Yeah. I love that.
1: Yeah. 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 But at the same time, I'd like to dress up because sometimes I'm like, oh, I wonder if I'm like overdressed for like a place like this. Like sometimes I kind of think about that, but.
0: I never worry about that. My problem is always being underdressed.
2: Yeah. I just think that the you know the the entire state of Colorado uniform is we might have to drop everything that we're doing at any time and go snowboarding. Yep. I might have to I might have to climb a mountain in any moment. So <laughs> in roughly luckily, in ten minutes.
0: I got my carabiner with me.
2: <laughs> luckily our uniforms are made by Patagonia. Yeah. So I got but, my toe shoes. Yeah and just yeah. velcro oh off your vest and go. It's, it's, but yeah, at any given moment in any given time there's you know, you could be at the opera and it's like, Yep, I got a splunk.
1: Just feeling it right now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I got a spelunk. Oh, so there you go, folks. A little tutelage on what's going on in Denver. Our opinions. If you have your own, as always, feel free to give us a shout on social channels at Dio Denver Boulder, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for chatting, you guys. It was fun. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Morgan. So I have some kind of sad news to share. This is my last podcast as managing editor of Dining Out Magazine. Very sad, I know, Ugh. I know. I'm hoping to keep the podcast going. We'll see what that looks like, but we're gonna be offline for a week or two while we figure that out. So I urge you to subscribe now. That way you'll be the first to know if a new a podcast, new episode comes out. You'll get that right away. Um, I will try to reach out to you in other ways and let people know that that something's going on in the next couple of weeks. But for now, uh, subscribe. Urge your friends, your family, people you know to subscribe. It's the best way to check out this the most recent episodes, but also we got a whole bunch of archived episodes too that are fantastic. A lot of good interviews in there with great chefs. For now, though, you can check out our social channels at DO Denver Boulder, as I mentioned before, for news, interviews, openings, all the tidbits about food and drink in the Denver Boulder area. DiningOut.com forward slash Denver Boulder is our website get you more information there. If you're wondering where folks can find us, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn Radio, that will always remain the same. So even after things transition, after I leave and things switch up with the podcast, you can still find us there whenever the new episodes are live. But that's it for us this week and for a couple of weeks, I guess. Um, Until the next time we see you, eat and drink like there's no tomorrow, Colorado. Thanks, you guys. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.